Welcome, everyone, to this Sunday edition of FAMS Radio. We're going to have our A-Day recap uh, with my two cohorts, as usual. Uh, the producer extraordinaire in the uh, Port City of Mobile, the wizard Thomas Watts, is also going to uh, give us some of his thoughts and uh, break some things down uh, from A-Day 2000 uh, here in 22. Uh, we look forward to hearing his thoughts. And, of course, he always does a great job keeping us on the air and keeping this podcast rolling. And then William Redfish Barger from 89 to 93, a, a key member of the Alabama Crimson Tide, a 1992 national champion. And we always enjoy hearing his thoughts on A-Day. And we were just sort of lamenting before we started this show about the hot takes everyone always has from A-Day. There can be a lot of uh, positive and negative overreactions to a lot of things especially if you haven't seen uh, or paid attention to what has happened in the first two scrimmages, which is really when most of the work in, uh, is done and where jobs are uh, not won, but they you jockey for position. Certainly A-Day is nice to see, but it's a scripted outcome many times, uh, and, and they don't show you nearly as much as you see from the first two scrimmages, but you can still learn some things, and there's always things to talk about, and we're going to do that tonight for uh, a while here on BAM's radio. My first thought and the thing that stuck out stuck out to me uh, was I thought some guys took advantage of opportunities. Uh, Christian Leary is a guy we've kind of talked about a little bit in the wide receiver spot. He took advantage of some ops yesterday. He got my vote for MVP, did not win it. Uh, that goes to the transfer, Jameer Gibbs, who had the 75-yard touchdown run, uh, the only score for the Crimson squad. Christian Leary, though, had five catches, 106, a 52-yard TD, and then really – I thought the other thing, and we've discussed this gentleman, William, the whole spring, I thought it was a cherry on top of the Sunday performance for Jamil Burroughs as he continues to push. I don't know that he's going to start, William, because Byron Young will be back in the fall, uh, but certainly he's positioned himself to be a big-time rotation guy on that D-line as he wins the Dwight Stevenson most valuable lineman and had two sacks and was very disruptive in the game. Yeah, I think, you know, I look at it like this, Drew, and I think you can expand upon that. I think Alabama has found, you know, three guys mm -hmm. that can, you know, provide solid depth and, and, you know, especially if one of them continues to reshape his body, which from seeing a picture of him from yesterday, I don't think he's got that much for, for, further to go. But, you know, I think that Burroughs, Tim Keenan, Mm -hmm. And Jaheim Otis, in, in a small body of work this spring, have all shown that they're going to be able to provide solid depth as, as if not starters, backups. I'm not saying any of those three are going to start. Mm -hmm. But situationally, I think all three are going to factor. You can go ahead and scratch uh, Jaheim Otis from being a, uh, a redshirt freshman candidate uh, based on what he's done throughout the course of the spring. And, uh, you know, I, I was expecting to, you know, see him still to have a long way to go um, from, a, from a body, um, you know, redesign phase. But, man, I saw a picture of him from yesterday. Mm. He looks a hell of a lot closer to 350 to me than he does, you know, 370. He, he, um, he, and he looks yeah. really impressive, doesn't he? Well, I mean, certainly passes the eye test, but, you know, every, yeah. you know, I, I – I didn't get to see the whole A-Day game yesterday. I saw a 25-minute highlight clip. But, you know, did some really nice things in, in the first two scrimmages, um, you know, in short yardage and goal line work and some tackles for loss type stuff. But I, 
I thought there was a lot of positives to take away from yesterday. You know, um, I, I would have told you in, after the national championship game, it would have bet you a lot of money that Ty Simpson, by the first game of the season, would have been QB2. And, I mean, Jalen Milrow has come a long, long way. I know he had a, you know, a, a bruiser performance last Saturday, but he did some really nice things yesterday. Um, just, just to, you know, continues. To, I mean, he's gotten better as a passer. Um, you can see the, you know, the electric type player that he is, um, you know, when he takes off and runs. You know, if he can improve as much from now until – the end of August as he's improved since, you know, the bowl practices, um, I'm, I'm probably going to have to eat my, my crow um, on the Ty Simpson prediction. And I've certainly got no, no negatives about, you know, Ty Simpson. I mean, his, his head's still spinning, but, you know, he did some nice things yesterday and he's done some nice things, you know, throughout the spring there again, you know, what the average fan doesn't get to see is what does Jalen Milrow and Ty Simpson do when they're running with the first team offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. you know, and right now they don't, they don't get a lot of opportunities to do that, especially Ty Simpson. But, um, you know, I, I, I was not shocked at all that Gibbs won the MVP. I mean, we've heard all the, you know, the stories you saw what he can do on that 50 yard touchdown burst yesterday or however long it was, um, agree on Leary. Um, you know, I, I just think that, um, you know, on, on the defensive side of the football, I mean, when, when you've got the luxury of having three guys that you can insert in there that are as, as talented as Will Anderson, Dallas Turner, and uh, Braswell as edge rushers, um, I mean, that's that's ridiculous. I mean, you know, Jeremiah Alexander had a couple of flashes as, mm-hmm. as a you know, true freshman going through his first spring. You know, he, he should have been at the prom last night with Ty Simpson not participating in the A-Day game. Um, So I I just think there's a lot more positives to, you know, to be upbeat about versus negatives. Um, You know, we can get into the, you know, the O-line breakdown if you want to, but um, I I just, you know, it doesn't surprise me the way it all played out yesterday. You want to see if you're looking for a, you know, a championship caliber football team, you know, you want to see that defense a little ahead of the offense, you know, at this stage in the game going into the season. Um, you know, if, if you looked out there yesterday and it was, you know, the first team offense versus the first team defense and they threw up 30 or, you know, 30 or 35 points, that's what would have alarmed me. Mm-hmm. Well, and Thomas, I'm gonna, before we get into the O-line breakdown, because that's the biggest area of development needed for Alabama. And a lot of that has to do with starters not being there, including – one piece that just committed out of the transfer portal and Tyler Steen from Vanderbilt. But Thomas, uh, what caught your eye yesterday? Well, the defense is as good as advertised. And we said last week, what needs to show up? Like what piece of the defense really needs to assert itself to be a truly elite unit? And it was that interior pass rush. And we've already talked about Jamil Burroughs. I think there are some guys there that can fill that Fidarian Mathis hole and fill it well enough to where even if they're only able to win a one-on-one matchup, they're going to be able to do it because Will Anderson, Dallas Turner, and Chris Braswell, some rotation therein, 
will force double teams on the outside. So I think that's a very positive thing. I think, you know, Alabama is four or five deep at the cornerback position, and whoever wins that out of the Eli Ricks, Kyrie Jackson, Kool-Aid McKinstry, I think that's that you're going to have a couple of great corners there. Uh, a couple of things that I want to highlight, because the offensive line is getting a lot of unfair criticism to me. One, we've already talked about either two or three starters, depending on how you believe Tyler Steen will come in, et cetera, et cetera. We're not available yesterday. Nick Saban himself. So, so not, not Thomas Watts, not William Redfish Barger, not Drew DeArmond, not IR4 Bama football 488 on your favorite message board. <laughs> Nick God dang Saban said we didn't chip as much. We wanted to see what the offensive linemen would do when we put them out on an island. Well, what does that mean? That means that you are asking tackles who haven't done it much, if at all, in public view, to take Will Anderson one-on-one. -on -one. Will Anderson's a load one-on-one. -on -one. Evan Neal, potential number one overall pick, would have struggled with that assignment all day for an entire game. So – before, you know, the sky is falling, you know, our pets' heads are falling off, you know, chickens rule the world, whatever. That's just reality. Yes, the offensive line struggled. But in a lot of ways, it was set up to struggle. You know, I'm not saying that, you know, shame on the coaches. I'm saying that the coaches were working on something that, yes, the tackles did not look great. But I promise Dallas Turner, Will Anderson, and Chris Braswell are going to make an, a bunch of other tackles look pretty bad as the season goes on. Then the rest, wide receivers, I think it would I, – I don't, I don't find myself concerned. I think a lot of the young guys that played on the second-team offense showed out really well. And Jameer Gibbs is going to be that guy that you want absolutely nothing to do with on like third and four, third and seven, because he might stand up in pass pro, even though I don't want him to do that. But what are you going to do? Are you Are going to cover him with a middle linebacker? I mean, sure, go ahead. If the middle linebacker's not C.J. Mosley or Nicobe Dean or somebody like that, Jameer Gibbs is going to get the first down nine times out of ten. So, overall, I think there's a ton of positive stuff. I still think that this team, you know, one to let's call it 44, has the fewest holes of anybody in college football. Now, caveat that, if Bryce Young or Will Anderson get hurt, oh, Lord because, you know, those guys are really the straw that stirs the drink right now. But assuming health, I don't understand how an Alabama fan, even with their crimson-colored glasses off, doesn't feel extraordinarily confident as we sit here Easter Sunday, April 17th, Drew. And, William, I'm going to go back to you. Good thoughts, Thomas. Uh, and give your offensive line breakdown, because that's where everybody's concern really is coming from. I I know there's some concern about the wide receiver room, but there's a piece in Tyler Harrell from uh, Louisville that was visiting yesterday that may very well join the room. I still thought, I know JoJo Earl had another poor scrimmage. I've started calling him Skillet because of his hands. But again, I think he's a talented player. We, I hope he gets past this. But even with, with his struggles, I think the wide receiver room is still talented enough, and especially when you factor in Harrell and then Isaiah Bond. Uh, coming in, Shaz Preston as well. 
and also Kobe Prentice. But give your thoughts on the O-line as to where it stands right now. Well, I'm going to go in reverse order and give you the O-line thoughts last. Okay. I'm going I'm to piggyback off of something that Thomas said. Um, I'll give you, I'll give you CJ Mosley, maybe being able to cover Gibbs out of the backfield, but N'Kobe Dean's way too slow to do it. <laughs> um, I think, and hopefully the offensive line will get to the point where, you know, the running back doesn't have to stay in and chip, but Gibbs running, you know, a skinny post up the middle, a swing pass out of the backfield on third and four. There isn't a linebacker in the SEC that can cover him, an inside linebacker. I mean, that, that guy's that good. Um, on your comment about JoJo, um, Drew, I mean, I, I do think he's got to get his confidence back as far as his hands go. But when he has made a catch, and you, uh, there was at least one yesterday where you saw that his suddenness um, and, and, and his, you know, his wiggle was back that, that he didn't show last year after he got injured. So I, even with JoJo's drops this spring, um, you know, I, I still think if, if he can, you know, just get that confidence back with his hands, um, you know, he, he has a chance to be one of the starters. Um, you know, now circling back around to the offensive line, um, you know, look, Kendall Randolph's been down there for six years. Yeah. You know, they've, they've looked at him at left tackle. They've looked at him at right tackle. They've looked at him, you know, as a, an inline tight end. And that's probably the best place for him. He, he's not a, an SEC offensive tackle. No. Um, you know, swinging over to, you know, what people saw from J.C. Latham yesterday. Um, I, I, thought he, I thought he held his own. You know, did, did, he, did he get beat? Yeah. But, you know, you could go find me. Uh, you know, two average starting offensive tackles in the NFL right now. And that trio of edge rushers would give them problems. That's how good those three guys are. Um, you know, I saw J.C. Latham win several reps against Will Anderson. And it was kind of like we were talking about. This, this is what, you know, people don't get, especially when it comes to spring practice where you're just practicing against each other, you know, those three guys from film study and reps in practice, they know, you know, they know each quarterback's cadence count. Um, you know, they probably picked up on when, you know, Seth is fixing to snap the football. They've got an advantage, even if they were average edge players, that um, they've got an advantage um, with the get off. And so, you know, you can expect that stuff, especially when those three guys on the other side of the football are as good as they are. And, and I, I'm telling you, from what I've seen this spring, I don't think Chris Braswell is at Will Anderson or Dallas Turner's level right now. But in another year, I think he's got a chance, at least, you know, ceiling-wise to get there. And he's a damn good football player that's not a starter. You know, goes back to last year, you know, when the season began, uh, you know, Dallas Turner was our third-team Sam linebacker. And, you know, by the end of the year, he was a freshman All-American that had more sacks than Will Anderson did as a true freshman with a lot less game reps. So, you know, I, I think that you have to look at that that offensive line's body of work. And, and, you know, I think Nick Saban kind of alluded to it all spring long. You know, what you're looking at isn't going to be the starting five, you know, come the first game in September. Um 
you know, there again. Um, you know, maybe some of the struggles that you saw yesterday from J.C. Latham won't be there when he gets a guy with as much experience as Emil Ikior back, uh, you know, playing right guard next to him versus somebody that's, you know, hadn't played a lot of football in, in Damian George. Um, you know, I'm of the belief, that, you know, I could be wrong. Um, you know, competition brings out, you know, the best. The cream's going to rise to the, the crop, the top. But I, I don't think – I'm not convinced that Damian Dalcourt is ever going to win that start and center job back. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and, and there again, you know, they went out into the portal and they evaluated who they felt like was the best transfer portal option as an offensive tackle, and they identified Tyler Steen and they brought him in. They're not bringing him in to sit on the sideline over there. They think he's going to be the guy. So, you know, let's just maybe tap the brakes a little bit, you know, on the skies falling, you know, this offensive line's not going to be any better than what we saw last year. There's still a lot of things, um, you know, that have to happen and take place for that statement to prove to be true. I mean, you've, you've got some young guys that are out there right now and an old guy, um, you know, in, in Randolph. And I appreciate Randolph's role more than anybody. I mean, you know, he's, he's been a – very, very valuable guy when it comes to experience and leadership. Um, I appreciate him coming back for another year. But, you know, that's not who your starting left tackle is going to be, and I don't anticipate Damian George being your starting right guard. So it's going to be a, you know, a different makeup in that, that, that starting five. And, you know, even if it is, um, they're still going to struggle on a daily basis to deal with those edge rushers. And so, you know, that's just part of the beast. I mean, you can't be a boundary corner or a left tackle in college football or pro football and not have the mental makeup to understand that you're going to get beat from time to time. You know, that's just part of the, um, you know, the makeup of it. Go, going all the way back to, you know, one of the, you know, I, I think the top three most difficult positions at college and pro football or quarterback, left tackle, and boundary corner. And, you know, we saw how long it took Mac Jones to get over his, uh, you know, mental hurdle that he had to get over of, you know, make, making a mistake and not being able to move on and forget about it on the next play. But he got over it. You see what he's doing now. So, you know, let's, let's maybe give, um, you know, J.C. Latham, um, who's never started a game in his life at right tackle at this level, um, the benefit of the doubt. Uh, same thing you have to do with, you know, Kyrie Jackson and Kool-Aid last year. And, uh, you know, whether or not, you know, Ricks wins that starting job, um, you know, at the opposite corner spot, you know, that's something that he's got to do. So I, I just think the, you know, the panic button has just been punched way too many times in the last 24 hours with some of these message board, you know, uh, uh, you know, couch quarter uh, head coaches. Yeah, I would agree. I, I do think that the offensive line is still going to be solid. I think Emil Echior, you can't, re, you know, replace experience. I know he wasn't as good last year as he was in 20, but he still played a lot of football. He'll be back at right guard. I agree with Latham. I thought he won his share of reps yesterday. He's definitely getting better. I think he's going to be the right tackle. 
They absolutely brought Tyler Steen in to be the left tackle. And then they can, you know, I, I keep hearing people, uh, you know, bring up the fact that Alabama needs a tight end and they might need one uh, because, I, you know, Latou didn't have a great game. Uh, I, I think his spring was OK. He's not a super dynamic guy, but they'll have the blocking tight end back in uh, certainly in Kendall Randolph. Elijah Brown is still going to be a guy they're trying to develop. And certainly, uh, you know, he, he had a couple of drops, but Robbie Oots is going to be there, too. So I think, you know, they may look into, into you know, the, the, uh, the, uh, the tight end position. I don't understand people still talking about Darnell Washington from Georgia because he's a stiff. He's not that good. And you've already got a guy like that with uh, Kendall Randolph. If you're trying to get a tight end, you're trying to get a guy that's a more dynamic receiving option. Uh, to me, I don't know if they'll find one out there in the portal, but if they do, I'm sure they're going to take a long look at it because that's really what they need. But I still think Amari Nyblack, when he gets there in May, could solve that, uh, you know, that riddle right there. And then, of course, you got Danny Lewis coming in from the state of Louisiana as well. So we'll see what happens at the tight end spot. I do think one of the more intriguing battles in fall camp, William, you brought it up. I do think. It's no, you know, I agree, certainty that Darian Dalcourt's going to get his job back, but they're going to give him every opportunity to battle, and that's going to be a great battle with Seth McLaughlin. I don't think there's any question about that. And I do think the offensive line will be fine, just like I'm not concerned about the quarterbacks. I think you made good points about Jalen Milrow. He's still a little erratic, but that throw to Christian Leary was beautiful. Uh, that deep ball, 52-yarder, perfect throw, and he's got plenty of arm strength. He does showcase the ability to make big time throws. He's just not consistent yet. And they're continuing to work with him. And you're right. He has electric athletic ability. There's no question that he's one of the top two to three athletes, probably on the whole team. I would still design a package to take advantage of some of his skills uh, within that offense. No doubt about it. I think he's proven that. I think Ty Simpson showed enough with his arm strength and his mobility. Uh, he really showed a lot with his legs, uh, but he's still getting comfortable in the offense. I still think he's got a lot of improving he will do as well. So I think the quarterback room is in really good shape, uh, no doubt about it. And then Eli Holstein saw this from Zachary, Louisiana. He and Arch Manning are the top two quarterback candidates, and his family was there in Tuscaloosa. I think if he would, if they would take his commitment, he would commit right now. But Alabama's still uh, following the Arch Manning sweepstakes, so we will continue uh, to monitor that. And then, William, what I wanted to comment on as far as a battle he led the A-Day game in tackles. I think he's definitely the leader in the clubhouse going into fall camp. But I thought Jalen Moody staked his claim to the weeks, the, the Will linebacker spot next to Henry Toa Toa yesterday in the A-Day game. Yeah, I think so, too. And, and you know, that's a guy that I'm really rooting for. Um, in, in, in limited reps over his career, I think, you know, when he's had an opportunity to come in in a reserve role or – you know, somebody getting hurt. I think he came in uh, last year versus Miami when Toa Toa hurt his elbow and, and did really well. Um, you know, special teams work, whatever you want to call it. I, I think the guy's a really solid football player. Um, you know, a guy that was a late addition to his signing class, uh, you know, that Pete Golding identified um, and brought in. And, you know, it, it's, it's a, you know, a situation, you know, that, that you as a player – um, you know, take a risk on when you sign up and say, I want to come to Alabama. I mean, you don't really know, you know, what's waiting on you over there for the bench, that people are already in the program or what's going to come in behind you. 
But I've seen a lot worse inside linebackers at Alabama um, in the last 30 years than, than Jalen Moody. And, you know, there's some good young guys behind him as well. Um, you know, I do think, I, I was told last week that if they can find one, and that's a big if, um, that that's the last move that the coaching staff will make as far as the transfer portal goes is to take a tight end. Um, and I think it would be a, you know, a hybrid guy versus, a you know, an inline guy. Um, but, no, I, I really think that, um, you know, all the things that you said, Drew, about, you know, your take on, you know, where the program's at, this, this 2022 team coming out of spring practice, there's just – and, and again, you know, it's, it's amazing to me when you think about this and it starts to flash before your eyes, the older that you get, you know, what are, we got two weeks and then there's finals and then, you know, the kids get two and a half, three weeks off and they have to come back Memorial Day weekend um, to start the summer conditioning program. I mean, you know, we'll be talking about uh, the opening of fall camp here before you know it. And that's, that's crazy to think about because it seems like it was just yesterday when, you know, we were talking about Alabama and Georgia facing off against each other in the national championship game. Yeah, that's right. And I think you brought up another good point about uh, Jameer Gibbs. They didn't really show it in this game, William. But as you know, we've talked about the scrimmages. He is a dynamic receiver. You already talked about how he's going to be just an impossible cover for linebackers in the SEC, which means you're going to have to commit a safety to him. But He's going to be a big factor in the passing game. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I'm really excited to see this kid and how he is, uh, you know, ingratiated into the office. But I also want to congratulate Trey Sanders on a great spring. He basically ended at running back one, RB1, had a hurdle moment yesterday, similar of Najee Harris, did some nice things, didn't get a ton of touches, but I think they know what they have with him right now. Uh, Jamarian Miller was the guy that got the most work. He looks like he's going to be a future really solid running back for Alabama. I don't expect him to play a ton this year just simply because of Roy Dell Williams and, of course, Jason McClellan coming back that are going to be added to the mix. But I just really think when you look at a guy like Jameer Gibbs and his skill set, he's going to be a really big-time weapon, something really that they didn't have last year. Jason McClellan was trying to develop into that. But, again, it's one of those things where – he didn't get a chance to because he, he suffered the ACL injury. So excited about the running back room and where it stands. I think it's very, very solid right now, uh, as I said, with the quarterback room. And then the wide receivers, like I said, I, I think a couple guys took advantage. Christian Leary did. I thought Tyu Jones-Bell had some nice catches in the game. I don't know how big a factor he's going to be due to the potential addition of a guy like Tyler Harrell and his speed, which I still think needs to be added to this offense. And, you know, where these other receivers like a, a JoJo Earl, if he becomes more consistent, may knock him down the totem pole. But still, I thought he, he flashed enough talent to where, you know, I, it looks like he's going to be a factor. And I think they've got enough, you know, uh, a guy like Treshawn Holden also moved the chain some, which was encouraging. And, uh, you know, he's going to have to battle to keep his spot because, remember, Shakori Brooks is not here right now. And Brooks had earned the confidence of a Bryce Young. He will be back. So right now, I just I don't think there's a ton of weaknesses on this football team. And then I'll, I'll piggyback off of that. I Again, he's never going to be J.K. Scott. But once again, I thought James Burnup was very solid yesterday, much more consistent than he was during the regular season. 
hopefully he carries that over into the fall because if he does, then that's another area that has been shored up, and that's the punting. Hopefully this Alabama football team won't have to punt a ton, but when they do call upon James Burnup, hopefully he can do it because the place kicking was nails. It was perfect for Will Reichert, perfect for Jack Martin. So they, I think for the first time, once they hash out the return units, William, the return units won't be decided till the fall, and Jameer Gibbs is also going to factor into there. He and Aaron Anderson as kickoff returners. I think right now this Alabama football team is pretty solid in every aspect. They just need a couple guys to make some physical strides and mentally get over a couple of humps, and I think they're going to be in great shape. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I think, you know, taking all the negativity that's, you know, come from the fan base um, since yesterday, the, the biggest positive of the 2022 spring camp is that there were no catastrophic injuries to anybody. Right. Um, you know, you had some guys, you had some guys that sat out, you know, like a Darian Dalcourt and uh, Ja'Cory Brooks with, you know, off season stuff that they were, you know, taken care of and they'll be a hundred percent, you know, come August. But, you know, there was no catastrophic injuries. Um, you can already tell just based on Nick Saban's comments that he likes the leadership and the team chemistry of this team. Um, much more so than he did last year. Um, you know, and I think oh, a let, big part of that is let, let me jump in. I'm oh, sorry, go ahead, William, Thomas. since I was, I was in the stadium, oh, go ahead. this, this was a good point. Uh, at the walk of champions, you saw the first ranked guys, the guy that was talking to the entire Were you team. there yesterday? Yes. Yes, it was. So, okay, good. Yeah, I didn't know that. Go ahead. I'm yeah, sorry. So the guy that was talking to the entire team ahead of the, going into the tunnel, to go onto the field was Bryce Young. The first rank of guys was Bryce Young, Will Anderson, Dallas Turner, and Henry Toa Toa. The leadership group that probably came together towards the end of this past season. And, you know, that's, that's to me, the biggest outward signal that there's some serious leadership on this team and as a fan, you should be excited about. So, William, I just wanted to add that to your comment, but please go ahead. No, no, no. I, I'm, I'm glad you were there and got to see it. I didn't know you were going yesterday. Um, it's my but, mom's yeah, birthday. Yeah, I mean, you so. can just tell yeah. from <laughs> – well, good. Happy birthday. Um, but, no, you can just tell that, you know, Coach Saban has a totally different um, take on, on this, this, this team versus last year's team. and. I'm glad to hear. I mean, you know, I could have woken up in a coma yesterday and told you that it would have been Bryce and Will Anderson. But you know, I'm glad to see that. Uh, you know, Dallas Turner has joined that group. Um, I mean, that guy has done some serious work in the weight room this winter. Um, looks looks amazing. Um, certainly, his play is reflected of that. And um, you know, you've got all these guys. And you saw, I think, maybe not his play all the time from a production standpoint last year reflect this, but certainly his effort. You know, one guy that I thought showed up every day for work and and, and tried to do it, maybe sometimes his production didn't necessarily reflect it. But, you know, I thought Toa Toa was a good locker room addition last year. Obviously, he was a starter, um, you know, but, but, you know, when, when you've got Nick Saban doing what he's doing 
in the transfer portal right now, which is, to be quite honest with you, Merck and the rest of college football times 10. So, you know, you bring in a guy like Gibbs. You know, you bring in a guy, you know, like Burton, um, who, when healthy, you know, has been Georgia's best wide receiver for a couple of years. And, and, you know, I think that is something to, you know, kind of put an asterisk by because it did look like he was gimpy a little bit towards the end yesterday. I do think, you know, his health is something to monitor through the fall. Uh, But, you know, I think he's a guy that, you know, has won the respect. Um, You know, I'm sure, you know, everybody saw the the season goals that uh, Eli Ricks put up. Um, you know, in his dorm room mirror a week or two ago. I mean, I think you've got a lot of guys on this team. Um, you know, Tyler Steen's another one. Uh, sure, he's going to come in with a chip on his shoulder and be very excited um, that he's going to be surrounded by players of his caliber, um, you know, coming from a program that doesn't have a history of, uh, you know, winning and, uh, you know, and, and the Harrell kid from Louisville is another one. Um, you know, the sole reason, you know, and I, I feel like that kid showed who he really is um, when he officially departed from Louisville last week and, 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 you know, had nothing negative to say about his coaches, nothing negative to say about his teammates. He just wants an opportunity to, A, showcase how good he really is and be surrounded by people that, you know, showing up every day and, you know, working towards a championship and getting a ring is, is, is just as important to them as it is to him. And, uh, you know, unless there was some undisclosed or undiscovered issue about him over the weekend, I do expect him to commit to Alabama in the near future. But that's, that's what I think is going on right now. Um, you know, and, and, and you saw last week, which I thought was one of the most hypocritical things um, by two people um, that are, you know, paid, you know, tens of millions of dollars a year to be leaders. I don't know if, you know, Thomas or Drew, you saw the the ESPN article where two of the biggest crybabies in college football sounded off about what's going on in the transfer portal. Did y'all see the article um, where, ESPN interviewed one Jimbo Fisher and Dabo Sweeney about the transfer portal. Yeah, we've talked about it. Yeah, they're both. Uh, Dabo just doesn't even want to deal with it, and then Jimbo can't tell the truth. Yeah, I mean, you know, you went out and bought a whole recruiting class, and then you want to be critical of what Nick Saban's doing totally legally in the transfer portal. Yeah. Yeah, totally, and I think what Coach Saban's doing is just cherry picking, and but he's had a better organization than a lot of others have, and we've already heard the rumors about uh, Dave Swoboda. One of the reasons he was retained, he's not on the field now, but he's assisting, uh, you know, Sal Sunseri. They're in charge of the transfer portal and basically uh, monitoring it daily and finding pieces that will fit for this Alabama team. And I'm sure they'll be on the lookout for that you know, uh, in that flex tight end if they can find it. But, again, I'm not even sure they need it. It, it, uh, You know, possibly when uh, the rest of this football team gets here in May, and I'm excited about that. I I am totally excited about the the leadership. I was in the press conference last night or in yesterday evening after the A-Day game and heard Nick Saban, and then I was able to ask Henry Toa Toa a question 
And I'm going to tell you what, guys, I, I'm a big fan of Toa Toa's. I always have been when he was at Tennessee, when he came out of high school. Uh, I know it took him about half the season last year to get comfortable at Alabama, but, but that guy is a leader of men. When you hear him speak, he speaks so well and so eloquently and so forcefully. There's no doubt in my mind that he is going to be even better this year. Just hope he stays healthy. And I think he's going to be an All-American. And I think it was a boon to get him back for another year. Uh, and I just think overall, you have alphas like him. You have Will Anderson. You have a Bryce Young who's taken more of a leadership role in the offense. He did last year at times, but now he has a year under his belt. He's a Heisman Trophy winner. He's got a lot of respect from a lot of people. Uh, and, you know, I just think overall, I think the leadership on this team is much better. Nick Saban made that perfectly clear during this spring, talking about how all the complainers are gone. And I just think with this, when this team continues to work, I, Thomas, I agree with you to bring you back into the conversation. I think this football team is much more talented than the rest of the, in college football. And if they continue to work the way they are, I think they've got a chance to have a 2020 scorched earth type of year. I mean, that, that's been my, my rallying cry since before the national championship game last year. And I've seen nothing to dissuade me from that. At the end of the day, Drew, when we're talking about, you know, Debo Sweeney and Jimbo Fisher, Fisher, excuse me, bitching about something, look, you can complain about the rules or you can figure out a way to punch your, your opponent in the face with the rules. Like, I, you know, you cannot both buy a recruiting class and get mad when you get beaten to the punch with the transfer portal. So I, I don't much care about that. But overall, you look at this team. The only thing that we're really talking about is potentially a dynamic tight end. And I go back to a story that we told on this podcast and was told amongst Alabama fans that are not crazy, that Amari Nyblack was one of three players that when he, when Nick Saban saw Nyblack work out, was like, we got to get this guy. The other two, I know one of them was Julio Jones, and I think the other was Amari Cooper. So if – Nyblack turns into even, you know, 80% of those two guys as a true freshman. Oh, we're good. And this completely ignores the fact that what are you going to do to potentially take a guy like Nyblack away? You're going to double team him with a middle linebacker and a weak side linebacker? You're going to put a safety on him? I mean, we just saw what a, a corner that struggles with pure gas does when you tries to match him up with a guy like Christian Leary when Christian Leary scorched Malachi Moore. I, I think that there are a lot of things to be very excited about with this team. Of course, I will always caveat it saying health is going to be a factor. No ifs, ands, or buts. But right now, I would defy anybody to look across college football and see a football team that can score with Alabama or slow down Alabama's offense to the point that Alabama will get into a slugfest. And, oh, by the way, who's going to be able to score on this Alabama defense? I know there are going to be guys, teams that Alabama prepares for, and they're going to have bad days. The defense is going to have bad days. They're going to give up some plays that make you want to scream. That's modern college football. I wish it wasn't, but it is. And so in that framework, though, once you move past the, oh, my God, why did this happen – 
so what? Alabama should be decisively favored in every game that they play in the regular season. The hardest games, if you look at their schedule, are at home. You know, I think Texas A&M is going to be going to come in with a lot of hype. I don't think they're going to be very good this year, but they're going to come in with a lot of hype. Um, the SEC championship game is almost certainly going to be projected to be an Alabama versus Georgia rematch, but Georgia's replacing a lot of pieces off that national championship team. So, you know, who's going to stop Alabama? Maybe Ohio State's offense has enough firepower, but is the defense good enough? So, you know, Alabama as a football team doesn't exist within a vacuum. So, you know, it's comparing like to like, and I just don't see a team as we sit here at the coming out of spring ball that short of turning it into a track meet, which just isn't really feasible with what Alabama has, is going to be able to keep up with this football team. And frankly, Drew, I'm all for it. After the nonsense that was last year with the children on Alabama's football team and the the massive amounts of frustration all over the place with the offensive line, yeah, yeah, I'm here for scorched earth. Just put me down, put my name down to scorched earth and a thumbs up. How's that sound? Yeah, I mean, I'm optimistic. I they've still got to keep working, and you got to stay healthy. But I do think if they do, that they've got a chance to be special. There's no doubt about it. The pieces are there. William, I know you have to go in about ten minutes. So for your closing remarks, no, actually, like, actually, it's been pushed back. I'm good till seven now. It's been pushed back because of the weather. Oh, I got you. Okay, no worries. But I will. I did want you to to comment on. We talked about the offensive line. We know that's an area of development and concern going into fall camp. But is there another part of the football team that, in your opinion, where things still need to come together? What, what's the con- If there is a level of concern, where is it? I mean, I really don't have another. But, you know, Tom is talking about, you know, the guys that, you know, Nick Saban has singled out as being like, you know, early young leaders on the team. Um, and it, he, he jarred my memory on this. And, you know, this could have been, in my opinion, the best decision um, that he's made, especially in the last 10 years. Because um, I, I know uh, Thomas mentioned, you know, some older guys, you know, Julio being one of them. But probably the best decision that he made when he had a lot of pressure, and I think this would have been the the summer camp circuit of 2019 drew you're better at this than I am correct me if I'm wrong but in in the summer camp circuit this particular year the the coaching staff had narrowed down the two quarterback targets as being one Bryce Young and the other one being DJ Ugalele that's right DJ Ugalele that's right that's right yep and you know, I'm not saying that it was, you know, the whole coaching staff versus Nick Saban. There was a couple of other ones that, you know, wanted Bryce as well. But And you can't fault the ones that were on the other side of the table that wanted the six-foot-five monster that can run and, you know, do all the things that as a high school prospect, you know, DJ Ugalele could do. But, I mean, it was a, an intense um, discussion, evaluation, and, um, you know, the coaching staff was basically split. And, you know, for all the positives that you can say, you know, sitting at a table with tape and camp performance and this, that, and the other, 
you, you can't fault the other side of the table for wanting to take the monster. But, you know, Nick Saban pushed the damn binder across the table, and he said, guess what? Um, I know y'all got your concerns about Bryce being small. You know, at the time, he was very small um, as, a high, as, a, as a high school prospect. You know, the, the arguments were made, and, you know, the, the arguments were made, uh, you know, prior to the, the 2021 season because of his lack of height and um, small stature, which are all legitimate arguments. But Nick Saban, you know, pushed the binder across the table and said, guess what? I don't give a damn what y'all think about the monster. We're taking Bryce Young. And that may go down um, as being the best decision that Nick Saban has made from a evaluation. And, you know, this is the guy that we're going to take um, of his tenure because, you know, look, I'm, I'm not a, a size monster. Um, you know, I, I'm not a, an arm guy. Um, I'm still pissed off that, that you know, uh, Nick Saban and, and uh, uh, Bill O'Brien didn't run him more than they did last year because I think he's damn good at it when they allow him to do it or Bryce decides to do it. Um, you know, I think he's a, a true, pure, dual-threat quarterback. But that decision that they made, I think, in the summer of 2019 may go down as the best decision that Nick Saban's ever made. That's a great point. I mean, and, and again, you're right. Both of those guys came down and worked out at Alabama, DJ Uyunglele and Bryce Young, and the players, Devontae Smith, a lot of these guys, they went to Nick Saban and the coaching staff and said, look, the guy is B.Y. It's Bryce Young. He's the he's the uh, the best player. And and that's proven to be the case. I mean, Uyunglele can still be a pro, but I don't think he's as advanced as Bryce. Uh, and, and you're right, William. His, his – uh, slitheriness and mobility is so tantalizing and when he does use it it's usually a very dangerous type situation and he can definitely uh, make plays with his legs we remember what he did in that sec title game against uh against uh, the georgia bulldogs and when he had all his weapons when he dissected the dogs i mean there's no doubt of, in my mind uh that bryce when he has the weapons he needs is the best offensive player in the country and ironically I think Alabama has the best overall player in the country in Will Anderson. He is just a freak of nature. He had two more sacks yesterday. Uh, he had a fumble recovery. Uh, he's just impossible to block. I do love Dallas Turner as well. He had two more sacks. I do think Braswell is completely underrated. Uh, he's a guy that's been waiting his turn. This is this group, William, has a chance to me, uh, to this, this, uh, this uh, 2022 defense, has a chance to be the best since 2016. And if the secondary, we, we need to talk about it before we go, if it continues to get better, this could be an even better unit. I know there's not a Minka on this team because Minka is a pro football Hall of Famer, in my opinion. But Jordan Battle had, a, had an INT yesterday. He, came, he has come back. I think he's very solid. DeMarco Helms has been in a black jersey, but he is very experienced. Uh, and then you, I know, and then of course some concern came from Malachi Moore getting beat on that deep ball by Leary and getting a, a couple of penalties. And he still had several tackles in the game. I think he had six or seven tackles, Malachi. And I think he has lost his job to Brian Branch, who's a very good star. But you know, I do think Malachi can beat that six DB along with a guy like Devontae Smith. Uh, Devontae 
uh, is the sophomore from Cincinnati. He had a big hit yesterday. I know they like him a lot. He, he's not as experienced as Malachi. But when you look at this secondary, just the, the corners are what's going to have to come along. But I like Kool-Aid McKinstry. I think definitely uh, by, the, by the fall, Elijah Ricks will be a starter and be comfortable there. And I think Kyrie Jackson, he's given up some plays. But as Coach Saban said yesterday, he's getting more comfortable with his technique. And then you got a guy, another young, another couple of young guys like Terry on Arnold, and then my guy, uh, you know, who had another interception yesterday, uh, who, who has a chance uh, to be a really fine player for Alabama. And that's just, I just think overall, when you look at all three levels of this defense, it's very solid. And I think the secondary, if they continue to pass, front seven is super nasty. This defense can be one of the best that Saban's ever had. Well, and let me circle back around to the story that I told about, you know, Bryce Young versus, uh, you know, DJ Ugalele in that, that, that summer camp setting. What it reminded me of, you know, going back to what all we've been talking about um, with this 2022 group, um, with, with the leadership role that stepped up, what, what that story reminds me of, um, and, you know, I know you saw it the same way that I did, Drew, um, the way the scrimmages played out in 2016 in fall camp. You know, there was a lot of people that thought that Blake Barnett was going to be the starter. There were people that thought it was going to be Cooper Barnett. I even think back in that time, uh, David Cornwell, um, you know, was still on the roster. And, and you know, the, the quarterback situation was, was kind of a shit show. And Nick Saban's alpha on defense that season was Jonathan Allen. And Jonathan Allen helped Nick Saban make the decision on who the starting quarterback needed to be. He said, hey, Jalen Hurts needs to be our starting quarterback. I know he's a true freshman. That's the guy that gives us the most problems. And, you know, we're not going to get into a discussion about Jalen and his passing and all that other stuff. But Jonathan Allen helped Nick Saban make that decision. And I think there's multiple Jonathan Allens on this 2022 team that can help Nick Saban um, via the leadership council make those same types of decisions. Well, it was a great A-Day, no doubt about it. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, MVP, Dwight Stevenson, most valuable lineman. This team, very good shape going in uh, to uh, the offseason now, as William put it. Uh, we'll be following the top of the rail situation very closely. We're very excited uh, to see him potentially join the squad as the fifth piece of the grad transfer, uh, you know, or it, well, actually he is a grad transfer ironically, but of the transfer portal additions, some grad transfers like Ian Steen, some others that are not, but again, they all seem to be fitting in Jermaine Burton, who also was returning punch yesterday. Some Ooh. Burton is a guy that's really, uh, I think asserted himself very excited about him. No doubt about it. Very excited about Jameer Gibbs. We've heard about it all spring. We've seen some of it and now we've seen that. And I said, and, and, and I know, but I'm really just really excited uh, to see this football team continue to progress. No doubt about it. And again, I think the uh, best football for a lot of these guys is ahead of them. If they continue to buy in, and I think the buy-in, this is a, I think a very high buy-in with these guys. I think 
getting rid of a guy like Ajay Hall, who was talented, but a guy that would not buy in, I think is huge. I think it helps the morale of the team. It helps this team be special. Uh, and I think Tyler Morrell can take his place, be an experienced guy, a guy that's hungry, wanting to reach the next level in the NFL. And I think that's only going to help this team that wants to reclimb the mountain and win another national championship, you know, under Nick Saban. So very excited about it. Uh, very excited about how good this team, this could be the most well-rounded team of the Nick Saban era, but we're going to have to continue to see how guys develop on into fall camp. And, you know, where this, uh, where you're hearing this buzz, if Amari Nyblack is the real deal. And if, if they do ultimately have one spot left and decide to find that good fit to bring in to potentially be a starter uh, for uh, the University of Alabama. But again, uh, to, to close out our show, I also wanted to comment on something that I tweeted about yesterday, and that is Javon Quinterly is going to be back for Alabama basketball, which surprises some people, I know. Uh, but again, with his a ACL injury, he really had uh, – it was really the best choice for him. Uh, that you're not going to get drafted. You're not going to be able to go to the NBA with an ACL injury like the way he had. So he will be back by conference play from what I've been told. I'm hoping he may be back even sooner. But, you know, he can go back to that role of being the sixth man, a very experienced player, because by the time he does return uh, to full-time, uh, I think, participation, you'll have the Jaden Bradleys and the Mark Sears getting comfortable as starters. But Javon Clinton's experience is invaluable. And when he's played well in the past, he's been the straw that stirred the drink for Alabama. So I think that means the tide are done at guard now that Mark Sears uh, is uh, committed and signed. And he visited yesterday officially. Uh, you know, with, with uh, his mentor, Scott Whittle, uh, who coached him in AAU. And I know they also had Jalen Bridges on campus from West Virginia. They'd very much like Jalen Bridges to join the team. We'll see. He's a wing player. Uh, I think Michigan State was mentioned as a school of heavy interest there. Uh, but again, he's I think uh, the visit was so good. I've heard he may cancel that visit. He still may visit Baylor. But I think Alabama has got a, uh, a put themselves in strong position for Jalen Bridges, and I think uh, we'll monitor it, but they, there may be one other addition they would like to make via the transfer portal as well to fill out their roster as guys like James Rojas, who committed to Wichita State officially today, uh, and as we said, Keon Ambrose-Hilton, Alex Chiku, these guys have left the program, uh, and, and, and also uh, Juwan Gary, who was visiting South Carolina. So Alabama's basketball roster continues to come together, but it's looking very strong, especially if they can close the deal with Bridges and then find that one last piece. So very excited about basketball as well. And we'll continue to keep you updated on that and just keep your ear to the ground because when, when news breaks, we may end up bringing you a, a BAMS radio in the near future, uh, but uh, because of the roster situation, but we always appreciate the support of everyone. And uh, we appreciate Thomas and William uh, joining us every week. I, I love, uh, you know, it's a labor of love sure. talking Alabama football and just really excited about this season and this spring now that it's in the rear view to be a springboard to a special year for Alabama football in the uh, in 2022. Drew, I got a question for you before we go. Sure. Any surprise from your end that, you know, this could change tomorrow or by Friday? Any surprise from you that Alabama, with, with the star-studded roster of recruits football-wise that they had in town this weekend, that they haven't picked up a commitment yet? Um, 
somewhat, but I mean, not really though, because it's changed so much, William, because of all the visits they have in June, like officially. So uh, uh, a lot of guys will wait till June to, to take official visits and potentially commit and go ahead and pull the trigger. Now I will say this, I mentioned it earlier in the show. I do think that if Eli Holstein, if they said we're ready to take, I think he would have committed yesterday. Uh, he might've already been committed before then. So, I mean, I do think it's about dominoes sometimes and they're still recruiting our banning heavily, but again, not, not too much because again, and, and plus I don't think that I, I know they made uh, the, uh, it seems like they made the, what I'm hearing is they made a move for this kid, Renan, uh, this wide, this well, weak side defensive end uh, out of Texas. who's a five star. Sounds like that they've really impressed him, but, it was a smaller crowd than usual. The weather played a factor in it, I think, and they and they probably put a lot of their uh, a lot of their eggs in the Harrell basket, trying to close that deal. I think that's the commitment that will come out of this weekend. But again, I do think that the pieces will start falling into place. But I think the recruiting process has changed a lot due to the summer official visits, because a lot of these kids want to take those visits, and some will go ahead and want to commit afterwards because they want to do it before their senior season. But I, and I, I do think it was, uh, uh, you know, I, I have seen on, on Twitter now, Quay Rousseau did visit and uh, he's, I, I know very high up on the Alabama board. I'm assuming James Smith was with him. A lot of those madhouse fit guys were there from uh, Montgomery. I think, uh, you know, uh, and also their, uh, their, 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 their previous, uh, member of that matter and he's still a member of the madhouse but mac wilson was with him as well back on campus so i still think uh that the recruiting class is looking very strong and i, I think nick Saban and this guy and me and this group of coaches uh i think they're gonna uh i think they're gonna start reaping some of that benefit soon i just sent you and thomas both a uh picture of jaheem otis um from either December or January of this year versus yesterday. Did y'all get that? Yeah, I saw that. That's amazing transformation yeah. in, in three Crazy. months. The kid wants it. Yeah, and I think he's he's going to force his way into the lineup. I think he's definitely going to be a rotation guy, uh, but they've got fi uh, a good five or six uh, in front of him that are really good too. There's, there's no excuse for Freddie Roach not having a good D-line this year and being very disruptive and deep. Uh, you know, I, I, I know there's been some people that's been concerned about him, but, he, he, you know, that this group needs to start performing even better. He's got enough talent. Uh, I know he didn't like Jamil Burroughs from what I heard before the spring, but he needs to be liking him now because that kid really stepped up. Uh, but, again, uh, I, I think this football team has got all the right things. I just want to – I just hope they have the good, the good luck to stay healthy because I think that's going to be the biggest – factor in this deal and if they do i think they're far and away the best team uh in all of uh of college football but i know we need to wrap it up williams about to have to go to dinner uh certainly we appreciate everybody supporting bams radio a uh, big shout out to thomas for uh putting this thing together today so we could wrap up a day thomas and i were in tuscaloosa yesterday dodging the rain uh, but we were able to see uh, alabama take the field and uh, give our thoughts today but again We'll be coming to you soon again for our next episode. Just keep your ear to the ground for that. But for Thomas the Wizard Watts, William Redfish Barger, I'm Drew DeArmond. Good night, everybody, and roll tide.